The doctor imagined that the young man was only acting as he did because he had the right to. Christine Day uttered a deep sigh. She turned her head, saw Raoul, and started. Monsieur, she said. I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. I mean, he could be walking down the street. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. All right, all right. We're rolling. We're rolling <laughs> like Doc Holiday in Tombstone. We are rolling. Um, we're the row less traveled. We we are. We've legally changed our names to be that. Yeah, we have. We are guests on the row. Yes, and guests on the row, and we're here to talk about cryptocurrency. We are group. Yeah. Um, and we're not we're not coherent, but that's because we've really been through a lot in the past several days. I would yeah. say we are recording in the same room, uh-huh. which is live, powerful. live in the studio. I'm not supposed to be here. No, except either I'm not supposed to be here or I'm very much supposed to be here because yes. someone and it is me failed to catch her flight the other day after seeing Phantom for what is probably my last time on Broadway. Um, and I, I had to come on back, but that's OK, because we're <laughs> recording the pod. Absolutely. When life gives you lemons, yes. record a podcast. Absolutely. That's what they say. Yeah. But I th- I mean, looking back, it was only natural that I was going to do something catastrophic, like miss a flight after yes. what all had happened. Yeah. we And we had too good of a trip to not have something go terribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So to sum up for the readers, the listeners who I know, like they, they want to know this after one podcast where we discussed the book, kind of. Yes. They want to hear about my itinerary. Yes. So what all did we do? Well, we went to see Hugh Panero, former Phantom, famously Mm -hmm. on Broadway. He did his solo debut at 54 Below. Yes. And we went and saw him uh, perform show tunes two nights in a row. And Mm -hmm. he definitely knew that we were there both nights. Yeah. The fear in his eyes when he recognized his scene. No, there wasn't fear, but um, he he clocked it. It wasn't not fear. But we were very, very normal about it, um, considering that we have recently acquired his, <laughs> we recently received in the mail his hat from the show, his fedora. We did not ask for this. Right, but to we... clarify. But now we have it. And it's bonded with Kristen. So now it would be rude yeah. to send it back to the shelter. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> believe that the hat is sentient and that it and I, no, um, no, someone we know was at the was at the Broadway flea market and procured it, and we worked out after the fact. Yes, we would, you know, in turn take it. So it's here. We did not take it to have him sign. Um, I don't want to bother that man, but let's see. So yeah, he did two nights solo concert, and then we then it's been a banner week for Phantom Understudies, so we couldn't help but. I mean, we were going to go to the show regardless. I think, but yeah. we did go and saw Ted Keegan, who's been on the show for like he's 20 been, something years yeah he's been with it a super long time i had actually seen him before many years ago on the national tour and didn't have a super strong memories but everyone had said he was great so i was excited to see him again and my goodness let's get more men of a certain age playing this role i would say yes oh my god yeah, yeah. he had the body control the vocal control the girls aren't doing it like that anymore well, and even though we're not finished reading the book, I he was reminding me of Book Eric in ways that, you know, there's a lot of, there's phantoms that I really like that don't necessarily remind me of the book, but he was, uh, he was just wonderful. Yeah, I'm interested to see as we go through if, if I agree with that, Tate. Yes, I am too. I am yeah. too. And then we saw it one last time, one last time for me yesterday with, you know, a great cast overall. Shout out to Erica Wong, Meg. Ugh. But also Emily Kawachu, just really, she's a beautiful Christine. She's a wonderful mm-hmm. Christine. So if anyone, if you can go see the show before it closes and you get to see her, I highly recommend that. Yes. I know. It was fun to go. And I was glad we had a, like another friend come in yes. on Saturday. And it was really cool to to see it with her. And she like had a really good time too. So all about it's all the it's about the people we've met yeah (laughs) it's really the friends you make along the way yes and also the musical but mostly the friends we make yes should we do we have anything else to say about our trip 
No, I think we've hyped the production a regular amount. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, number one boy, Hugh Panero, looks to be making some sort of return to perhaps New York theater. We're going to be watching that space, but also, yeah, just really fun seeing with friends and putting me into the perfect mindset to get into this book. Yeah. Okay, so chapter two. We meet a lot. I'd say we meet the remainder of the very important players or hear about them significantly. Uh, it starts with the Comte de Chagny. He is running backstage, basically... Uh, him, he's in the box with his brother, his little brother Raoul. They see the next big star of the opera, based on how that evening went. Uh, Christine died. She absolutely crushed it. Then she passed out backstage. Raoul is very invested. The brother perceives, oh, there's, I don't have the whole full story here. So they make their way backstage. Raoul barges into the dressing room, is pretty swiftly ejected by Christine when she wakes up. He is lurking around, a lot of men lurking in this book, and then mm-hmm. hears Christine talking to a voice in her dressing room, and he feels some very intense ways about what all is being said. Christine then just comes out of there, pushes past him like she doesn't see him. He runs into the room to try to find out where this voice is. Reader, he does not find the voice. McCavity is not there. No! <laughs> That's right. Rick being McCavity. <laughs> And of course, being familiar with family opera, all these things were like, and that is Eric. Yep. But yes. uh, that is the, I think, bullet points of what happens in in chapter two. Yeah, I think this is a fun chapter. Yeah. Oh, and we hear about the diva, La Carlotta, who would have sang the big part of, at the gala, but mysteriously taken ill. And then so Christine Dyer had to do it. But um, did you, I took a lot of notes on it. Yes. I took a lot of notes on chapter two. Um. And so did Soju the cat. Yes, friend of the pod Soju the cat is here. And she says, uh, Christine the Daye. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Which is also what, kind of what the Count is saying. So it opens with Sorelli running into the Count. Count, Count, it's Philippe. He's usually chill, but he's very excited. He's like, oh, I was totally about to come and see you, but that Christine Daye, huh? What a voice. And... (laughs) Women famously love when men do that. Yes. Meg is basically like, actually, that's not true, Ellen. Mm-hmm. She says impossible because only six months ago she was she used to sing like a toad, kind of a flop, something. But so, no, indeed, she had a very big triumph. He was in his box watching the proceedings with his younger brother, Raul. Mm-hmm. And they saw that woman pass out. Yeah, biggest deal of the evening was Christine Dye, whose mysterious fate I have set out to reveal in this book. So we're going to circle back. Yeah, she, which I think we can all, all of us who have worked in the service industry can attest to, uh, she she sang so hard she passed out. Mm-hmm. So she's simply not even, she, she, she couldn't handle it. She felt so much emotion. She just... Yeah. Peeled over. She sang shallow with all of the runs. Yes. And everyone moved and everyone clapped. Yes. And let's see. So I, I a have star a, was born. A star was born. This is the original <laughs> star was born. Early bit of lost in translation. The I wrote here the Gutenberg says those who heard her voice in these passages said it was seraphic, but that was nothing when compared with. So Gaston is actually taking the time to lift women up. So we want to yeah. let him speak. So dramatic, she re- reinvented the role of Marguerite. She sang a lot of things, but yes. primarily she sang Marguerite and Faust. Mm-hmm. Hitherto hidden splendor and radiance, the whole auditorium erupted, carried away by their euphoria, cheering and applauding a sobbing Christine who collapsed into the arms of her fellow artists. She had to be helped back to her dressing room and looked more dead than alive, screaming, crying, throwing up. Amazing. This walked, so Lady Gaga's 2009 VMA performance of Paparazzi could run. Yes. That's what I'm imagining she's doing, is she's stumbling around the stage, maybe a couple blood packs on her. Yeah. Yeah. And critics are saying it's not just her art, but her whole heart. They're saying there can be 100 people in a room. (laughs) No, but um, it's... Just there's mayhem backstage. It, to me, it's a lot like like a Denny's after the final performance of like a high school. And it's like the final show of the year. Like that's how everyone kind of is. But I feel like this is like earned. Whereas a crew of Annie, get your gun. Oh, being silenced by a motorcycle. 
the crew of Annie Get Your Gun is imagining it was this successful, but this is actually yes. really successful. Yes. So, I, I mean, I'm always trying to look at, like, do we need to discuss this? I do think we need to discuss this. The, the mm. men who were reviewers got, like, really out of control wondering how she could sing this so passionately. Because famously, she's never had a boyfriend or anything of that sort. She's pure. What I want to know is these men seem to be really invested in her love life for like a random right. up until this moment. It's like this is this is when the the critics say that Taylor Swift can only write about people she's dated. <laughs> right. But she couldn't possibly imagine what it's like to be in love with someone like fictionally. Yeah. This is that. So it's like, who is she dating? And everyone's like, well, she's got to be dating someone because she couldn't possibly bring life to this role. As just a woman with a pea brain. But also they're super <laughs> invested. I'm like, how do you know her past? They're like, and she's right. not even, it's, it makes sense to me that they're all very invested in, in and familiar with Carlotta because she's mm-hmm. a star, but they're like, who is this? But they, they seem to know a lot about her for someone that they don't really know. It, this is their MCU, their multiverse of madness. Yes. This man is saying that her voice it was either a gift from heaven or she made a pact with the devil, <laughs> um, which knowing what's coming, that's a foreshadowing, Gaston. And I see it. I like it. I respect it. Um, yeah, the subscribers are mad. She's been mid as Siebel compared to the Marguerite of the emphatically voluptuous Carlotta. And I do stand emphatic voluptuousness. It sounds yes. like a very near cousin of BDE. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Carlotta had COVID. And then here's Christine Dye, who famously not an understatement doesn't even have a voice teacher it says several times she had said that henceforth she would manage without one who was asking her like right i don't like are you (laughs) that sounds like the people who are like hey are you writing and it's like please don't ask me this anymore yeah (laughs) yes i'm maybe 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 i'm not but i'm just fascinated why christine die why she's people can quote her on stuff like who is this woman but Right. And Meg points out, no one cared about her. She no. sucked. She was like a very mid-chorus level, chorus member person. Yeah. The Count, Gaston tells us, was present and joined in the enthusiasm. Philippe-Georges-Marie Comte de Chagny, I'm sorry for the pronunciation, was then exactly 41 years of age, a great noble and a fine-looking man. Gaston Leroux says, listen, this is a specimen and I'm going to let you know. He's above average height. He's breasting boobily. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love all of these like really vivid descriptions of what people look like. I, I feel like we've moved past that as a as yeah. a writing community. Well, and their energies as well. Like, so he has an agreeable face, although his brow was heavy and his eyes were cold. That sounds hot to me. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. He knows how to act with the ladies, but the men. The, the men are jealous. They are not always mm-hmm. inclu- inclined to forgive his worldly success. And he's not like the other boys. No, no. Say what you want about him, but if a toddler handed him a fake phone, he would answer it. Oh, um, he would. But then, so but he, he would not pick up the phone and text Sorelli. Allegedly. No. He has left her on red at this point in the novel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some background on... We get more motorcycle noises from outside. Yeah. We get some background on their family. So he's the oldest brother. The The parents died. While all of them would have inherited stuff, the other three were like, no, 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 You, it's it's all yours. You do it. The sisters acted real grateful when he gave them back their dowries. But no, they seem, they seem to get along real well. Mm-hmm. Um, Philippe, what a guy, really stepped up, taking care of business. So Raul is 12 when this happens. And Philippe is like, let's get you educated. So the sisters help with that. And then so does this aunt, who mm-hmm. is the widow of a naval officer. Uh, Raul, baby brother Raul, wants to, he wants to be in the Navy. He does really well in class. And he is actually about to go on an expedition to look for some guys who are like definitely dead at the North Pole because it's been three years. But he's That's going on the rough. Th- Yeah. Gaston does let us know that thanks to powerful contacts, he was chosen for this. So mm, nepotism, baby. Yeah, sick and tired of these nepotism royalty. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of baby, he has six months leave before he has to go, and all the Dowager ladies, like the Maggie Smith of the scene, are like, yeah. he's baby. Good looking guy, but the voyage is going to be real rough on him. Gaston says he's baby, and I don't, I don't know what else we want to say. I think. He's 21, but looks 18 is a yeah. funny thing to say. Like, you're just describing college students. but um... Right. He's got a baby face. I also like that. I mean, I don't know if we want to speak on this, but we did have a tr- hashtag traumatic experience 
waiting in line to get Phantom of the Opera tickets. Oh. In which this random woman was like, what are you here to see? And we were like, Phantom of the Opera. And she was like, that musical and literally endorses pedophilia. And I just want to point out that if Raul is 21, which is what Gaston Leroux is saying right now, he looks 18, but he's 21. And then if he's childhood friends with Christine, yeah, these are consenting adults. And like, obviously there's an age gap, but like... So something about she's like as pure and innocent as a 15-year-old to you. Right. That's you, you think, but it doesn't make any... There's no... There's... And she, so she is an adult at this point, and it's only been for about six months that uh, Rick has been in the mix. So yeah, he, because I think that the 2004 movie makes it yeah. creepy and weird because she's like a child, and Rick shows up like a long time ago, and she's Emmy Rossum, famously 16, 17 when they filmed it, mm-hmm. but in the book. They're all, like, in their 20s. No, it's this old man menacing these young adults. And yeah. I, I say we're not about to endorse the actions of Eric. We're mildly about to because we have yeah, jokes. But of course. No, like, we... <laughs> okay, we don't defend all the things this character does, but, like, grooming didn't happen. That's not, that's yeah, not what happened. There's, we support this man's rights. Uh, yeah, one of the wrongs... He's done a lot of wrongs, and mm-hmm. that's just simply not one of them. Yeah. There's going to be other wrongs, I'm oh, 100% yeah. sure, because this man is chaotic. Yeah, but it's like, uh, there's plenty to criticize about the story without reaching yeah. like that. They also point out that Raoul was raised by women. So we know that if Raoul ever had to do a notes app apology, he would say, strong women raised me yes. as the brother of sisters. Yes. He would say, he would use that in his notes app apology for uh, being disrespectful. Yeah. The sister, all the women in the story are like, he's baby, affectionate. Mm-hmm. Gaston Leroux is kind of like, he's baby, affectionate. Philippe says, he's baby, derogatory. Philippe is not in support of this. He says, it's not good to be too Mm -hmm. good. But so he's- um, He's too baby. Taking his little bro around, says something, yeah. Philippe would not set a bad example, but it's also like, come on, let's let's go see the ladies. Um, So yeah, the the Count and Sorelli are banging. I love that for these two hotties. LaRoe says, very close. Yeah. (laughs) Close term, yeah. The foyer is of this ballet is where you want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Raul has been like, uh, yeah, like let's go see the opera again. I could even go this Thursday on Thursday when I'm free. Yes. Um, <laughs> Christine has her big moment. Raul is like, look at her, she's about to pass out. And Big Brother says, as are you. Lol. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with you? An icon. Yeah. Raul is on his feet shaking about to go see Christine. He says, she's never sung like that before. And Philippe is like, oh, okay, I got it, I see. He's the knowing smile the Lady mm-hmm. Gaga star is worn out JP. He's like, oh, he has a crush. And Raoul's like, I have taken 16 first aid courses because I'm in the Navy. And this woman is going to pass out. And everyone's like, he has a crush on her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I respect Raoul. Yes, and I think it's very cute that as they're waiting to get on stage, Philippe is like, Oh, you're a goofball. I'm not going to make fun of you right now, though. He's he's, he's like, this is, the, this is what I came here to do. Yeah. Raul brings every conversation as of late back to the opera. I cannot relate to that. Um, I'm also liking this because, like, in the musical, we don't get too much about who Raul is. So I'm already excited no. to just see, like, he's baby. Mm-hmm. He was raised by powerful women. Yes. You know, he's and then he's also like, this girl looks like she's going to faint. Yeah. So already he's listening. He's I learning. mean, it's motivated by his crush, but he, yes. great points. He would be like, no, she legit needs medical attention. I did write down in my notes, uh, how long did it take you to grow that mustache? <laughs> because he does have a little tiny mustache. And I respect that immensely. Yeah. So it's very chaotic backstage. It's like if you would go to like a Whole Foods the first few weeks of the pandemic and everyone was trying to get stuff to make home breads. It's that mm-hmm. It's that energy. Absolutely frantic. Okay. That night, the chaos had never been so complete, but Raul had never been less shy. He is 
bodying people out of the way to get to Christine. It's so cute. And Philippe is like, this is crazy. Yes. Yeah. He had the feeling his poor untried heart no longer belonged to him. Mm. Gaston says this man was trying from the first moment Christine was back in his life. And back in his life being a reach since all he's done is like watch her while she's doing her job. But yeah. yeah. But I mean, what were we doing this week is watching these men do their jobs. Oh, exactly. He, he is trying really hard not to catch feelings for anyone besides whoever his future wife is, Aww. which clearly can't be Christine. Naturally, there was no question that he should ever think of marrying a singer because they live in a society. And yes. Yeah. Uh, he's that to me, though, is uh, it's giving the bachelor. Yes. Raul is in the on ba- the bachelor and he's like, I am here to meet my future wife. Yes. And then I have a question for you here. Kara, what music sums this up best? An ache in his chest as though someone had cut it open and removed his heart. No one's ever had a crush like him. No one has ever had a crush like him. It's, I mean, Raul is fearless Taylor's version. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. he is. And Love so the story. Philippe is running after him, smiling like, oh, this little champ. Yeah, this is Raul. He's bodying people out of the way. Mm-hmm. This is his infinity war. And we're only on his first chapter. Sparkle motion backstage. They have jokes about him, but he doesn't care. He's like, move. Um, he's it's described as he has a solid shoulder yes yes it is everyone is in the hall absolutely hollering for christine and philippe is like oh i see how you know the way here even though i never did yeah he's been busy he's been backstage he's been busy with sorelli until she has to go on and like makes him hold her leg warmers or whatever it is that goals she has him carry her tight so they don't get dirty exactly well that's horny um, kind of doing all bangers all the time as we go along. Mm-hmm. La Sorelli always had a good excuse. She had no mother to do it for her. I don't know why that's always She's like, you're my mom now. <laughs> to to the adult man. But he does it because yes. he is whipped. Yeah. So the doctor pushes his way through the crowd and Raul goes in his way. Like, work smarter, not harder. I, yeah, I had an doctor. ex who did a lot of biking. And he yeah. said, you have to take turns being in front because the wind. Like, you want to be behind someone. Right. That way you actually have to do less work. But you're taking turns. But so. But it's also, like, how fast am I biking? Like, my wake is zero. I'm going two oh, seconds. We would have a wake of zero. But these, the serious people. Oh, it's yeah. a whole thing. No, I'm not in the Tour de France. But so, Raul might be. So right. he, he has the sports knowledge <laughs> to get behind the doctor. Ms. Christine Dye wakes up in Raul's arms, being treated by the doctor. Yeah. She wakes up like show already in progress. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of people hanging in the door, which sounds chill. Yeah. Raul says boldly, don't you think these people should leave? Like it's stuffy in here. Um, the doctor's like, yeah. The maid is kind of, okay, who is this man? But I'm afraid to ask him because his entrance was like too much of a heat check. It's the audacity. Right. The doctor simply assumed that if the young man behaved the way he did, it was because he was perfectly entitled to. He was, he's the guy who like, if you wear a high visibility vest and a clipboard and you hmm. act like you know where you're going, yeah. you can get into a lot of places. Yeah. That's Raul. He's got his high vis vest on. He's, he's very short skirt, long jacket. He's touring the facility and picking up slack. Sure. The managers have to wait outside. Like, everyone just has to wait outside. Raul is in the room. Philippe is just cackling like, yes, that's that's right. That's my boy. It runs in the family. Oh, and then this is where he runs into Sorelli and more importantly, Meg. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the cat's food dispenser has just started. You're fine, so Jim. Yeah. We're not going to bother you. My girl, Christine, and I do. I absolutely love the character of Christine. She wakes up and sees Raul and is like, um, and so he's a fucker. He smiles at the doctor and the maid and then looks back at Raul like, yeah. So I love that she wakes up and pauses to like establish good vibes with everyone yeah, yeah. else and then turn back to him looking absolutely bewildered. So she asks who he is. He gets down on one knee. Everyone is here is dramatic. And in the free version, the italics are just caps. So he's shouting. He's <laughs> like, I am the little boy who once ran into the sea to rescue your scarf. The other three burst out laughing. Iconic. <laughs> and Raul really says, well, then, since you're going to act like you don't know me, I got to talk to you in private, like, right now. And it's very important. 
She says no with a heart emoji. Yeah. Uh, maybe later when I'm feeling better. And it's at this time that the doctor's like, and all right, buddy. Okay. Out. Yeah. She's like, he's like, oh, you're a complete stranger. He yeah. just pushed his mind. I understand yeah. But then Christine's like, actually, I'm not sick. She jumps up like, uh, I'm fine, but I need a tense. All of you need to go like right now. Mm. She clears them out. And she, when she says she needs to have her alone time, like she means it. Mm-hmm. The doctor and the maid are like, that's weird. She's usually real sweet. But anyway, trying to pause in case you have things you'd like to add to the. No, I think uh, I wrote. Yeah, I just wrote it's him. <laughs> so. so everyone clears out. And yeah. Raul is like, let me be very regular and simply wait alone in this darkened hallway. Like, I need to tell her that I'm in love with her, even though we can't get married. I just think she should know that. Now, Raul, you? Yeah, this is emotional labor that you're asking yeah. to. Also, you have just reunited with her, and she literally said, could see this man on the street, wouldn't know a thing. No idea who this man is. Sorry to this man. She said sorry She said it. And then she said, I'm actually not sick. I was just trying to get out of gym class. Mm-hmm. No, I love her. I love yeah. her. So keep lurking. The maid comes out and sees Raul and is like, yeah. Thank you so much for your concern. She wants to be left alone. She made that very clear. The maid's yeah. like, best wishes. Anyway, she wants to be alone. And us, the Eric stands who can't help ourselves, we're like, as she should. That's right. Raul, okay, he's like an average first semester college freshman in my yeah, mind. Yeah. His hubris level is that he thinks he's going to double major in literature and like poli sci and like get a minor in psychology because he, he hasn't been humbled yet. So when he perceives the maid saying... Don't bother her. She wants to be alone. Raul's like, yeah, she wants to be alone with me. <laughs> and the, the baby boy is about to find out that he's actually doing C-grade work because he hears a man's voice in the room. Do you have any I, notes on this? No, I have no notes. But he says all bangers. It's also funny because Raul's like, I got to like love confess to her. Mm-hmm. And then this man is out here in these streets saying, Christine, you must love me. Oh. And it's like, oh, all bangers. So, yeah. That is the first thing that Rick, I mean, we, yeah, we, we're pretending we don't know it's him. You must love me. And of course, Christine is crying saying, how can you say that when I sing only for you? Ugh. And the love never dies stands are like, I see it only yeah. for you. No. Raul is like, I gotta lie down. He settles for leaning against a wall. Yes. He does pause to note how embarrassing it would be for him. Shagni. Shagni. Yeah. To get caught listening at keyholes. Like, this is worse than if some club was doing Right. He's like, this is so scandalous. Yeah. And then he simply keeps going. So it's like, thanks, dude. Yeah. Um, the voice slash Rick says, you must be exhausted. Ugh. Christine says she gave him her soul. She is dead. He says, you have a beautiful soul, my dear. No emperor was ever given so great a gift. The angels, tonight the angels wept. No notes. Oh, bangers. We are endorsing his way with words. Yeah. So then he, like, waits to, he waits to see if the guy leaves. The guy does not leave. Yeah. He's like, wow, Christine's talking to this other man who's, like, spitting absolute bangers. I'm in love with her. Her baby boy. And this is going to work out. And it's like, sweetheart, not a thought in that head. No, they're so dramatic, but Raul's like, don't worry. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. Yeah, I Um, think I have a chance. Yeah, he says he's willing to wait until this man comes out. I know what it is to love. He doesn't. What and hate? No. So it's it's. I'm paraphrasing, but it's like he already knows who he loved, and he's waiting to see who it is that he hates. Mm, um, relax. It's yeah. been 24 hours. Yeah. Christine comes out and just leaves. Like walks right by him. Whatever Raúl had to say to her can suddenly wait because let's go talk to this vagrant, this yes. varlet that's in the room. <laughs> so he runs in there into her dressing room and does a classic like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Like I know what you did last summer. Like what are you waiting for? He's screaming it as the camera spirals around him yeah nothing happens no one's in there Raul says you will leave here only when I say so and believing in yourself is so important <laughs> I love it. he lights a candle and sees nothing and is like oh impossible and it's he's not thinking outside the box yet it has simply not occurred to him that maybe this man is in the walls I mean why would you think that yeah so then he eventually wanders out and encounters the people carrying the body of Bouquet. And it's like, anyway, so where's the exit? Yeah, he's like, where can I go? And they're like, oh, this guy died. Right. So it's like over there. And it's and they're yeah. like, right, we are carrying a dead body. And he's like, I look, you guys don't know what it's like to love and hate. Mm. Mm-hmm. So 
So that was that no was, one's ever felt feelings like Ralph. No one, not a soul. Which is crazy. So that was chapter two. Was there anything in there that you liked that we missed? Or I did like that. Um, weirdly, two thousand four, the film shouted out this moment because Meg in the movie sneaks in after Christine goes down the to the mm-hmm. lair and she shows up and she tries to figure out what's going on. Yes. Um, so that was kind of a fun little little callback. Yeah. Because Raul runs into the dressing room, but May goes further. Yeah. I also wrote that he was literally being gaslit because he did, like, the gaslight. <laughs> and Rick's just there, like, laughing at him. Oh, yeah. In my mind, Eric is absolutely just in the walls or behind the mirror waiting, like, this, this yeah. loser. This, He's like, I don't even think about you. This <laughs> He doesn't think about him at all. Mm-hmm. Not entirely true, as we will see, but he's not threatened by this. Yeah, I wouldn't either, especially after Christine literally wakes up and she's like, I don't know you. Please get out. I'm not going to talk to you. Angel Music's very strict. She doesn't say that, but like she only has eyes for one man, and that's the man in the walls. Yeah, so it would seem she's done everything she can to give Raul that impression, but that's um, so that's that chapter. Yes. So we're going to take turns with the chapters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so chapter three, let me pull it up because I'm a professional. I do also love, again, gothic literature. They know the audience, which is us, are idiots. So they, I like when they give you like a summary. So they're like, yeah, the new managers figure out what's going on because they're like, wow, we got this opera for a deep discount. I wonder why. Is it a fixer upper? <laughs> is it? What's wrong? Is the heat broken? Uh, sort of. So they have a goodbye ceremony for the old managers. I'll just give like a short summary and then we'll talk about it. Right. So they have their, the gala. They kind of are all celebrating that the managers are leaving. The new managers come in. Rick shows up uninvited. He is the Alanis Morissette song. Mm. Um, Yes, he is. (laughs) He shows up uninvited. People kind of freak out. He kind of pulls focus (laughs) a few times. Rick does full focus. He does. And then the managers are like, okay, like, let's figure out what, you know, what, what's all this about? Let's go through the old files. Let's organize everything. And they're like, oh, there's, here's the like contract, I guess, mm-hmm. of how we're going to run this thing. What do we need to do? And uh, they find out that it has been annotated by a Mr. OG who has um, left some instructions that they need to follow. So cool, very cool chapter with a lot of nonsense. Yeah, lots of fun to be had in the details. Yes. So as we know, Sorelli's supposed to be giving a speech, which we know that she was working on before the drunk children showed up and interrupted her. She is simply silenced again, which is a bummer. The girls are still freaking out. The girls are also showing up in their um, ballerina tutus, which I said was the equivalent of... When I would be doing a, a high school show and I would show up at school in the character shoes because like. Oh my. God. <laughs> you know? so like literally just like, oh, I simply could not change. It's a thing I would have done if I'd had them. Yes. But also they're at the party in their character shoes. Yes. Talking mess in the corner. And he tells us circling the buffet. And they are so real for that. Like, yes, they're going to be, the, you know, the first person like at the at the wedding, like at the yes. reception. Eye on the prize when that door opens and the kitchen stuff starts coming out. Yeah. You know, the managers were like, hey, guys, yes, we are having a banquet for like the staff. But if we could maybe like pause before you get in line so the important guests can like have, you know, get in line first. The little girls are in their the little girls are like picking off the tray before it's even like started. Yeah, they're taking all the good tri-tip. Yeah. My they're girl, eating the shrimp cocktail. Our girl Jom's really having a moment here. Yes. She's um, just like, she's living, she's in the the tutus. I also think it's funny that they're in the tutus because I'm sure, I mean, commenters, you know, find us, but I'm sure it's kind of like the same thing where like you would wear your Halloween costume to school or you would wear your dance costume to school because like it was a little sluttier than like what you're yeah. allowed to wear. Well, because some of them had changed, but not all of them. Yeah. And they're I, like, I'm going to wear my ballerina skirts because they're a little bit more see-through and fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we're, when we're joking about them just drinking Everclear, yeah. we're referring to them as children, but we're when, and that's okay. That's cool to joke about. When we're talking about them wearing their cute little slutty character shoes, they're adults. So they, yeah. they contain multitudes. Um, but I know we we both the show Mad Men. And so the part where Sorelli, like, I'm just picturing her yanking John's arm and being put her back, right? Like, 
Don't embarrass Sorelli, me. your girl Sorelli has to collect this, like... Yeah, she's big um, Joan from Mad Men energy. She's yeah. got to keep these girls in line. Oh, and it's right. not successful. She is the Joan Holloway of the Parasite. She is. Oh. Uh, all bangers all the time. Mr. Leroux says, no one can become properly yes. Parisian until he or she has learned to put on a happy face on their troubles and erect a facade of misery, worry, and indifference to mask inner happiness. Bangers. Paris is one huge masked ball. Like, he really said society's mask. Yes. But then also there is a literal guy in a mask. He's also scuttling around. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, he's like not to be confused with this guy, but everyone's wearing a mask. But also one guy is definitely wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, sure is. All the world's a masked ball, which is great. So the old managers are absolutely living they have the timeshare in Cabo and mm-hmm. they are their flight is booked and they're not gonna miss their flight no. their bags are packed and they're ready to go they're yeah here to party and so Sorelli's like okay you know I've been watching some YouTube videos about how to be a good public speaker I was a little bit nervous about this I did the master class she didn't write a speech yeah she she has written this little speech finally she opens her mouth to say it and Joms interrupts her to be like oh my god it's a band of the opera and then yeah. chaos ensues. This poor woman does not get to speak. And so this guy shows up. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Could with be a anyone. face so pale, so grim, so repulsive, with black holes set so deeply in the hollow eye sockets that it looked like death's head became an instant overwhelming success. I love the wording. <laughs> Just on, since Rick rolled in to shake things up and he did it. He crushed it. He crushed it. And then, um, of course, I think we can all agree everyone does what we would do which is offer to buy him a drink like is this man just a union link yeah a union man from one Titanic fan to another this is the steerage party yes you want to go to a real party it's this where they're offering to buy the opera ghost a drink they're like you rick has been doing direct action to get (laughs) people's rights in this uh hellish opera house and so they're all like yeah let me buy you a shot dude um, but he disappears because that's a little too much for him. Yeah. And uh, Meg Giri screeches like a peacock, which I did write down. Yeah. Uh, that is Love Never Dies proof. My Love Never Dies heads. I saw it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very Da Vinci code. Like there's science yeah. within the text. That yeah, 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 yeah. Also, peacocks do suck. They, they're really loud. They, re- they sure are. So Meg Giri, again, this Meg Giri slander. Sorelli absolutely miserable they say sweetheart relax which is a microaggression Mm -hmm. and they the old managers disappear because there is another party that is happening where there's an actual like they have the shrimp cocktail they're having the the tri-tip steak they're having the lamb so they leave it's not these costco's tostitos that are down here for the ballet because they know like the the ballerinas can eat their yeah high-end lunchables or whatever it is it's been set up yeah they have like room temperature cheese (laughs) and so they they leave to go to the real party yeah they're in the they're in the part of titanic where it's the the dinner and mr esme is talking about how fast the ship goes so anyway so then moncharmon and richard are there and they're like they don't know anything really about the old managers the old managers don't really give a shit about finding out anything about the new managers no knowledge just vibes if anything they're like oh yeah i'll give you my cell number if anything comes up and then they keep quote quote forgetting to give them that number because mm-hmm. they are about to to cut bait and leave so party comes there's a toast poor sorelli not even involved um people are giving toasts right. about how much fun they've had um play vitamin c's graduation yeah i've written mr lovejoy from titanic would just simply be in this room we don't yeah. know why but he'd be in there for sure so everyone's having a good time. I'm sure these underpaid staffers are glad that they are leaving. And so they gave them the keys. There's two keys to the whole place. Doesn't seem like a great system. No, but, you know. Yeah, they're like, we're not doing the big key ring. And so their master keys, they open every single of the thousands of doors. Definitely no one else has that key. Not a soul. Definitely no. not anyone else. They're cu- they, they cut so many corners here. And you know that when people ask for raises and are denied raises, they say... We're like a family here at the Parasol. <laughs> we are like a family here. No one can have the master key. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes people just be dying backstage. It is what it is. 
Yeah, but that's like a family. Yeah. Families have people accidentally die at work all the time. Yeah, only the worst places to work say that you're they're like a family. And the Paris Opera, in every version, seems like a bad place to work. So that <laughs> is why family. I think that they would say it's like a family. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so they're having like a regular party. Everyone's, it's a sit down. Yeah. And... Rick loves to sit down. So he's sitting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's sitting there, but he's not eating or drinking anything. No. I don't know why that's like important to know, but he's, he's just simply imagine him just sitting there stunting, like just yeah. slowly. He's he's waiting for people to notice him. Yes. And like people are pretending not to notice him because they're rich people. Yeah. And is he's not wearing he's really not wearing a mask. He's he's no. not, he's done a little bit of something. He's put on like a lip gloss. <laughs> he's put on his equivalent of lip gloss, but um, no, no. Um, he's got a Fenty highlight on, and he's yeah. people. There's a couple people glancing over, and then very quickly glancing away. Like yeah. the little the umbrellas in their daiquiri suddenly got like very interesting. Oh, yeah. Did you ever think about uh, where these are made? Because I love to think about the, anyway. Um. And there's got to be some people who are like, is this Banksy? Like, what's happening? Yes. Yes, they're like, is this going to be like a flash mob? But it's just him. Flash mob. He's a flash mob of one. It says no one said it's the Phantom of the Opera, which frankly, which party would you rather be at? I would rather be at the one where everyone's like, we're acknowledging this guy Mm -hmm. and we're not treating him different. He is not better than us. Nor are we better than him. We will buy him a drink. Right. So everyone assumes that the weird-ass dude... Someone's weird friend. Someone has invited this person, but no one wants to say, oh, how do you know the bride at this wedding crasher situation? Um, No one's making any jokes or anything like that. A couple people are like, I heard about that phantom rumor, and if it was real, I bet he would look like that. Like, there's some (laughs) quiet speculations, but no 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 one just putting it out there. Yeah, they're like, that's a really, it can't possibly be that guy, but like. But if it was. that I'm headcanoning. But- I'm face claiming <laughs> this adult man who's at this party. So he's not saying anything. He's pulling an absolute banquo from Macbeth. Yeah. Not speaking, just showing up. Um, there's there's no discourse. Whoever this man is, that it could be, they're like, he has a real weird looking nose. Like, so it's almost transparent. Did you have notes on this or? No. Okay. Lorel has. Already told us Rick basically doesn't have a nose. And so the pettiness of getting a nose that looks the way that it apparently does is described, which is like terrible. And then that's the only thing that he puts on to come up to sit at the fancy table and silently trigger people. It's like, I was going to work in yoga pants for a while this winter, but like I'd throw on earrings to offset that. Like just looking like garbage, but I have accessorized. And that's his pandemic earrings. I'm I'm scared by the word transparent. What is that? (laughs) Like, what do you mean? I'm picturing like a A glass nose. No, like gross rubbery silicone. Like, yeah. I always picture this as like Groucho Marx glasses with the fake nose and the mustache. So I just hope it's that. But I think... I think we should commission someone to draw it, actually. I think so. Um, So, yeah, everyone's, like, freaking out. They're like, who can say what's going on here? Um, And Rick, let me give you the exact location of the body, actually. Yeah. And uh, another banger. I want to try to persuade the reader to believe that the Phantom was capable of such brass-necked effrontery. An incredible way to say he had the audacity. He had the audacity. To show up to two parties. And he ate all the... I mean, he didn't eat anything, but he did take all the all the shrimp he didn't eat anything and yet he ate oh no come on you're out you're done we're done (laughs) is this the part where they're like bye we're not we can't well so then rick turns into debbie downer snl and he says everyone's like oh like you know are you going away for for the summer or anything like that and he goes what if he did die in a murder and it's like uh no one was no. like acknowledging this man and he's like yeah joseph bouquet was murdered and it's like oh no he brought like a whiteboard and now he's no. like no have you watched the exorcist no can't recommend though i have seen it many times but so ellen burston and the crew ellen burston's great in the film but they're just like downstairs having a movie and her daughter Reagan, who's like early stage demon possession, because sure. there are stages. Mm-hmm. She just comes downstairs and looks at everybody, looks at a man and says, You're gonna die up there, and then peace. It's a lot. That's exactly what he does. 
he says the ballet girlies are right. Yeah. It was a murder. murder. So he and then he pulls out his podcast microphone and he's like, and this is serial. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck? And then also like the old managers don't know. Yeah, the old managers didn't know that Joseph Bouquet died, which is sad. And yeah. they're like, what the fuck? But I mean, clearly there's not like a work Slack channel where they're getting like any updates. No. The communication is not great in the opera house. No. Um they're shaken. And uh, they're like, ooh, we actually have to, like, head out, which I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then everyone's everyone's freaking out. And so the new managers are like, oh, solution, new keys. This key situation, maybe that's the problem. That and I'm like, it. I do understand because I do think the key situation is a problem. Don't think it's going to fix anything. Uh, someone asked if there were thieves in the opera. And they're like, no, it's just, just the phantom. And so the new managers are like, wow. I love being on Ashton Kutcher's Punked. This is just simply an elaborate joke that you have hosted, which, like, these people can't even put on a successful opera, let alone, like, an elaborate prank. No, their Gaston keeps reminding, like, checking in with them. He vibe checks them and is like, they still think this is a joke. And they're yeah. like, wow, you guys are really keeping it up, huh? Well, we're yes and. So the new managers yes and their way into an absolutely fraught situation because they think they're just rolling with a bit yeah so then like the new managers are like this joke has been going on too long like ha 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 what is what does this guy really want what's going on here and so the old managers are like here is he did write his they get the file yeah he's like file on him hr knows about you rick Mm -hmm. also we get a little shade on rick's handwriting which has Mm. been a a source of debate in the fandom yeah. is like, oh, does he write well? Because I think musical Eric does a little bit. And certain, certainly Carrick does. Um, in Lyric, uh, the writing was strange not. and spiky, as if done with the tips of unused matchsticks. So, like, Baby Boy might just be writing with golf pencils. Yeah, that's ex- exactly right. It was like that of a child who has difficulty holding its pen, oh, Baby Boy, and has not learned how to join his letters. No. So he is absolutely scribbling. He's unschooled. Yeah. You can't be more than two weeks late with the monthly payment due to the Phantom of the Opera, which is fixed until further notice at 20,000 francs per month or or 240,000 francs per annum. It is nice of him to give them two weeks because, like, if any of us struggling out here <laughs> yes. in these streets are, like, you can't be a day late on your rent whenever right. the date is. They're not giving you. Um, I do want to look up how much 20,000 francs are mm-hmm. in 1870. Yeah, because it's not simply a matter of just pay him and keep it moving. It's like, no, he's really affecting the bottom line here. Well, it's like, it's a quarter of a million francs. <laughs> it's in, so much money. But it's in 1800s. It's like almost a million dollars. What? And again, I know I'm wrong here. I am literally looking at a, like a Yahoo answer right now. It's saying it's like a million dollars, which is, a, I mean, obviously a lot of money, but. So the new managers are like. Clearly, this is a joke. If we didn't know it was a joke before, now we absolutely know it's a joke. Right. Because it's like it you, is not possible to sustain an opera paying that much money. Right. Which explains a lot about why this opera is shaky as yeah. well. And there's children, like drunk children running around because they simply don't have the, you know, you're paying the children maybe in crayons. And, and why people's response to there's a dead body is like, right, but I've clocked out. It's above me. Right. And I understand that completely. Yeah. Uh, and so Richard says, oh, that's it. He doesn't require anything else. Love the sarcasm, sir. And yes. he's like, oh, it's just a million dollars. So he's giving big, like, Dr. Evil energy. <laughs> right. And then he also says, so then they, interestingly, like, they break down, like, what all the boxes are for, which is cool. So, like, if the commissioner of police shows up, you have to give them this box. If, like, the prime minister shows up, you have to give them this box. If, like, a nobility person shows up, which is interesting. Rick I said, find genuinely I interesting. Yeah, but he's saying, like, literally, if the prime minister shows up on a Wednesday, like, he gets a box, but, like, the Phantom of the Opera gets a box all the time. All times. Box five. Yeah. And so they go, wow, this is, this is truly funny. Ha 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 ha. We're not doing this. It's, I picture it having a very Christopher Guest vibe by this yeah. time, like the uncomfortable humor part of it all. Like Eugene Levy's in the room. They're really like, <laughs> they're like, we can't do this. Like, no. We're gonna, like, how are we even supposed to pay this man 20,000 francs if we're also losing Box Five's revenue every single night? Exactly. And he's like, what about the season ticket holders? Which, true. Oh, and then they're like, well, why don't you just like, 
yell at him <laughs> or have him arrested when he shows up to see the show. And they're like, oh, well, that's the thing. He doesn't. He just needs the box. But we've never seen him. And it is at this point that the new managers enter their Elmo era. They're like, how? They're like, you've how just you been letting in- this happen. How is an invisible how is an invisible person doing all this? Right. And they're like, right. Do you see why we're leaving? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you understand? Uh, and so they said, why don't you just sell the tickets for it? And then the old managers go, what? Sell tickets for the Phantoms box? Try it, gentlemen. Yeah. Iconic. Everyone laugh. Everyone leaves and everyone laughs. I feel like the old managers are laughing because they're like, we are about to put our phones on do not disturb and throw them into the sea on the way out. Yes. But also, if I think... The vibe I got was that they're, the new guys have decided to go along with the joke to such an extent that they're getting into their character acting. But that's that's the chapters. They're like, I feel like, yeah, the conversation is like, oh, sure. So once we pay them 20,000 francs a month, what do mm-hmm. we have to do? And they're like, no. then you have to reserve box five. And they're like, oh, then we have to reserve box five. Their energy is very... <laughs> and they're oh, like, the right. Ghost. And is the opera ghost in the room with us right now? Exactly. Actually, he is, but... Yeah. Probably. You say that if the composer was here right now. Yeah. It's... You know, it's all happening. Um, but I'm excited. A little prediction, little prediction corner. I think they're going to rent out box five and uh, someone's going to have to say, did I not instruct? Did he not instruct? That box five was to be kept empty for my use. Did he stutter? Did no. And then I'm sure it's going to go really great because Rick's conflict management style is normal. And he's a pretty understanding guy, so. Yeah, I'm sure he's happy to like just talk it out. Yeah. But... Really bangers. I'm loving Christine's energy mm-hmm. already. Um, loving Raoul's like audacity, and I'm also loving the way that Eric speaks. Yeah, yeah. And we we didn't really do segments this time because we're no. kind of going through, and because uh, right after we hit stop recording, I'm going to be fleeing out the door to go to the airport. Mm-hmm. But so we were just kind of vibing this episode. But I think we got. I it. think that was pretty good. Yeah, there was a lot of bangers. So many bangers. We had to do them as This we guy's really crushing it. I yeah. mean, yes, I feel like... Wrote, what a writer. <laughs> I feel like, like, not to turn into a, a lyric stand, but I feel like the, you know, more people should be talking about this book. Many people are not. Well, not this is great. Yeah. Like, the people in Dracula are really losing it, but I'm like, this is this has some bangers. Well, you said that, that that thing just launched with the newsletters, the Phantom, so... Yeah, I think it's... Um, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but... Yeah, there's a person who is posting, like, all these really cool notes. And, like, they're also comparing, like, how it was in the newspaper versus how it was in the original text. And then also how it is, like, now, like, what has changed, which is really cool. That's what I wrote my thesis on. I should silent. They're silencing me so I don't end up stranded in New York for another night. Oh, my God. No, you do have to go. All right, team. Um, Keep your hand at your frosty. Oh, um, God. I don't know what that's from, but we do. We, we even if I got to go, we hear for you. We have the Instagram up and running. Yes. And we'll even more by the time this uh, this airs. But just at Laura Less Traveled on Instagram. Yes. And we'll um, keep you up to date when the next chapter is going coming. Yeah. Uh, and just keep crashing parties. Yeah. And don't be afraid to show up to that party with no makeup on. But maybe a little fancy highlighter. Exactly. Yeah. It's what Rick would want. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.